Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Actus Podcast, a bi-weekly program dedicated to bringing you closer to the difference makers in CDI and sharing the latest news relevant to the CDI profession and Actus. I'm Linnea Archibald, the Associate Editorial Director for Actus, and I'll be your host for today's show, which is part of our Leadership with Linnea series. In every episode of this series, I'll be joined by one guest from the Actus Leadership Council ranks or a contributor from one of our Actus publications to discuss a topic relevant to leaders in the industry, whether or not they hold a traditional management title. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Sydney Johnson, BSN RN CCDS, to discuss professional development and staffing. Sydney is the Associate Director of CDI Quality and Education at Banner Health in Tucson, Arizona. During her 19-year career in nursing, she worked as a quality analyst and partnered with CDI specialists on mortality, length of stay, and PSI and HACC projects. This experience led to her current CDI journey of eight years. Under Sydney's leadership, her auditor team modernized the CDI audit and data reporting processes. Her education team streamlined CDI education and orientation, created an annual CDI competency, and standardized provider education. In 2017, she obtained an integrated health coaching certification and utilizes motivational interviewing skills in her CDI leadership and education role. She is a published author in the CDI Journal and has spoken at the Actus National Conference, local AHIMA roundtables, Actus Educator Networking Group meetings, and local Actus chapter events. Sydney is a current member of the Actus Advisory Board, serving until spring 2026, and she has served as co-chair for the Arizona Actus chapter since 2020. Also, as a quick reminder before we jump into today's conversation, the Actus podcast now offers 0.5 Actus CEUs for the first two days after posting, which can be used towards your CCDS or CCDSO recertification requirements. We will share the instructions at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. And now, before we jump into our conversation, a brief word about today's sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by the Leadership in CDI Bootcamp. Actus is proud to offer a new certificate program for CDI leaders and those looking to grow into a leadership role. Earn your certificate in CDI leadership with the Leadership in CDI Bootcamp from the experts at Actus. Graduates of the program earn the right to call themselves Actus-approved CDI leaders. Find out more about the program at actus.org slash CDI leadership or by using the link in today's show notes. And now back to the show. So thanks so much for joining me today, Sydney. I'm really excited to talk to you. This year's CDI Week Industry Survey included a section on professional development and staffing for the first time. It was a topic that was actually suggested by members of the ACTUS Advisory Board, which you are a member of as well. And it included questions about kind of leadership support for staff, career ladder use, required credentials for CDI, and much more. So to start us off, why do you think this is such an important topic to cover on the survey, particularly now? Well, first, I want to start by telling you too. thank you, Linnea, for having me here. I'm super excited to be with you. Uh, I think professional development has become a really hot topic. And I think that's likely a reflection of how the CDI industry has continued to expand and continue to grow. So like if we were to look back five 
or 10 years ago, you know, the main focus of CDI reviews was on principal diagnosis selection, capturing comorbid conditions and major comorbid conditions, and then like that overall DRG optimization for accurate reimbursement. And then things have really shifted over time. You know, like in 2015, ICD-10-CM and ICD-10-PCS were implemented. And with that, coding became so much more specific, requiring CDI professionals to have an even deeper understanding of coding. So I feel like in the beginning, we were all just kind of figuring out CDI together and really establishing ourselves and our professional expertise And now that we've demonstrated what CDI can do, the role has gotten a lot more demanding. Those CDI reviews, they not only include a DRG review now, but also clinical validation, denials prevention, uh, severity of illness, risk of mortality, length of stay, hierarchical category conditions, relative expected mortality, patient safety indicators, hospital acquired conditions, and that list goes on uh, with other quality and risk adjustment measures. So as the complexity of CDI reviews has increased a lot over the last years, you know, those productivity standards that we started with, they have either remained the same or they've even increased. And so CDI specialists have numerous metrics that they're responsible for achieving. And they also have now increased demands that can feel really overwhelming without without that adequate leadership support. So CDI professionals really rely on adequate training and adequate staffing and backing from leadership for that ongoing success. Absolutely. And it's, I mean, I'm tired just hearing you list all those things that CDI does. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. Um, And perhaps because CDI is such a value add to organizations and it's really been seen as that over the years, it seems like there's a ton of competition right now in the CDI market. Organizations are hiring. CDI professionals have more choices so that they can kind of go somewhere that's going to best meet their needs. So Do you have any recommendations for maybe CDI departments who are looking to hire new staff? How can they make that position really stand out to candidates? And then on the flip side, do you have any recommendations for job candidates who are looking to to secure their new CDI role? Absolutely, Linnea. So, you know, I would start out by telling departments that are looking to hire to have a very thorough and complete job description make sure that you're setting those clear and realistic expectations and do that from the beginning. In my experience, you know, over the years, we've onboarded a lot more nurses and a lot more providers that do not have any prior experience in CDI. Uh, A lot more inexperienced team members we've onboarded than experienced CDI professionals. So those individuals, especially without prior CDI experience, They really need to know what they're walking into. They need to know uh, what will the expectations be? What will be required of them uh, when they're stepping into that CDI position at that specific organization? So really setting those expectations with that job description and how you're putting that, that job out there, that's really important to do from the start. 
And then I think something that has become really more of an incentive for professionals moving into CDI, a lot of them are seeking flexibility, they're seeking work-life balance, and uh, that ability to work remotely can be something that's really important to them. So definitely putting in the job description, if the position is hybrid, if it's fully remote, I think having that information up front really helps those candidates to make a decision. Probably the question that I get asked the most from candidates when we're doing job interviews is, what is your orientation process like? And so I think being able to set yourself apart from other organizations by having really detailed orientation process, very organized orientation materials, uh, I think that probably is one of the most important things. And it really helps to ensure that your reputation supersedes you. It, it puts you out there as an organization, as a department that really can train CDI professionals to thrive. They want to know, walking into that position, you know, what is required of me and what is the organization going to provide to me? And knowing the answers to those types of questions can be really important when you're conducting job interviews. Uh, other things to think about would be, what is the culture like in your department? Um, are they going to have support from leadership? Uh, CDI specialists want to know, especially the ones that don't have any prior experience, they want to know, is there going to be patience extended to me as I partake on this ongoing learning curve that is CDI? So again, the job description is really important. You know, if there's, if there's perks to that position, like flexibility, um, the position being remote, all of those things I think can really set that position apart. And then I think, too, the reputation of the department can speak for itself and, and really, really setting up those new team members to be successful. And then it's kind of neat how it works because they'll recruit each other. And we found that uh, we've gotten some really great recommendations from CDI reviewers that we have on our team. And I think that, you know, really, really having that good reputation, it does it does make a huge difference. And a lot of that is values and culture. I think also for candidates that are going into CDI, on the flip side there, uh, if they have experience as a clinical documentation integrity specialist, I would tell them to make sure that they're highlighting what they've accomplished. What have you accomplished within your career? I think it's important when you walk into any job interview that you come with, you know, that that experience and those skills and you want to highlight the skills and the experience that you bring. Uh, make a list of the things that you've done in your CDI career that you are particularly proud of and make sure during that job interview that you highlight those things, that you really speak to the experience that you can bring to that department. You know, are you very, very good at provider education? Are you good at speaking with providers? Uh, have you become very proficient in query writing and query compliance? Uh, highlight those things and those skills that you have and that you bring. And I think that that can help set you apart. And then for CDI specialists that want to get into the profession and don't have any prior experience, you know, my advice to them would be to do some detective work. 
on what CDI is. Spend some time on the ACTUS website so that you can better speak the language during your interview. Uh, and then my other advice would be brush up on your clinical knowledge, especially in areas where you may be less familiar. You know, you could also consider a CDI boot camp or the ACTUS apprenticeship, which can demonstrate, you know, a basic understanding of CDI and also establishes your commitment uh, that can set you apart from other candidates. That's great advice. And I think um, one of the things that you mentioned is kind of how the the organization can set themselves apart as far as like the orientation planning, which I love that um, idea. It's something that I've been asked by job candidates for Actus editorial positions as well. And I'm always really impressed when people ask that question. It's it's a very insightful question because it tells you a lot about what the organization does to support their staff members. <laughs> you know? I agree. And it's maybe not one that you're typically anticipating necessarily as a as a hiring manager. So that's like that's great advice. And one of the other things that we often hear people talk about as kind of a perfect Uh, professional development opportunities within organizations is career ladders. And according to the industry survey, more than half of the respondents reported that their department does not have a career ladder in place, though just under 14% of those folks say, say that their department is discussing implementing some sort of career ladder opportunity. So I know you have a rather large uh, CDI team. So what advice would you give to an organization that's maybe seeking to provide some sort of professional advancement or development opportunity to its staff? And what advice would maybe you give to the CDI specialists who are seeking professional development opportunities at an organization that perhaps doesn't offer as many as they would like? Yeah, that's a great question. So for Organizations, I think it's important to assess the needs of the department alongside the organizational goals and really analyzing the benefits of a career ladder. So career ladders allow for that strong mid-level support, and that can include positions like CDI educators, CDI auditors, uh, second-level CDI review positions. So those career ladders provide professional development opportunities For the CDI specialists, which can be an incentive for team members looking for advancement and looking for growth opportunities, Uh, CDI educators and auditors and second level reviewers, they support compliance and they strengthen the knowledge of that entire CDI team. Uh, You know, being a CDI is never stagnant. It's full of continuous learning. Uh, There's new coding clinics every quarter. Now there are biannual coding guideline updates along with the IPPS final rule every year, uh, DRG changes every October. So when you're thinking about providing those opportunities for professional advancement and growth, I think it's really important to assess the needs of your department. Think about the needs of your team members. What positions within a career ladder are going to best meet those needs? What's the biggest opportunity for your team? You know, is there a need to improve query compliance? Uh, Is the need that 
you know, your CDI specialists need to expand their coding knowledge to improve maybe their match rates, their DRG match rates? Is there a need to improve query writing compliance? Is it denials prevention and clinical validation that your team really needs some support on? So start by assessing the needs of your department and then use that to decide what positions really need to be developed and assess how that can move the team forward. Uh, And then for those team members who are part of an organization that may not offer a career ladder for CDI, I think sometimes it really does come down to the size of the team, like you were saying, Linnea. but, you know, even a relatively small CDI team, you know, it could be a team of maybe 10 CDIs. They generally still have a leader. And even in a team of like 10 CDI reviewers, they're going to need that ongoing education. They're going to need that education to remain compliant, to keep up with the changes to coding guidelines and DRGs, and also to keep up with the industry and to help support denials prevention. You know, CDI has moved far beyond that initial place that we talked about where, you know, the primary focus was on CCM, CC capture and and reimbursement to now there's a huge push on quality and capturing those value-based quality metrics. So for those team members, you know, start by asking your direct leader, how can I move into a position where I can help support education? Uh, as a team member, you know, you can also assess the needs of the team and you can think of ways to problem solve, you know, with your leader, uh, even if it's just providing like a monthly in-service for team members. Uh, it doesn't have to start by being a formal education position, Uh, You know, it can start as being an informal educator and an informal leader within your team. Uh, It could be that there's no auditing process and you feel like your team would really benefit from having a more formal auditing process. So, you know, like in that situation, you could start by asking your leader, you know, how can we develop an auditing process for our CDI reviewers? And you know, if it's brand new, you may have to start at a place where it's something like a peer review uh, audit process, and then hopefully eventually expanding it into something that's more formal, and maybe even a position that is a formal educator, auditor, or second level position. So depending again on the size of the CDI department, you know, the opportunities initially can be different, but I think a lot of it comes down to that needs assessment. You know, what is required for your team to be successful? Think about, you know, how did I become successful as a CDI specialist and and how can I provide that to other team members? So I think there are creative ways to become an informal educator, an informal auditor, an informal leader, or an informal second level reviewer. And hopefully then that informal career ladder could hopefully eventually develop then into something that's more. Yeah, that's great advice. And I think something I love about interacting with CDI professionals is that they are as a whole a pretty passionate group about things that they're interested in. And some of this kind of, you know, presenting to your leader, hey, I think we need this position or, hey, I'd like to explore what an auditing process might look like for our department, whatever the size of your department is. Some of that is really chasing your curiosity as a CDI specialist, you know, seeing a need and thinking, hey, I actually think I would love to 
educate people or really focus my role on helping our staff uh, better their reviews or what have you. So some of it, I think, comes down to, to really focusing on what you're interested in, which I love. And one of the things kind of tangentially to that, that career ladders do is that they do allow staff to grow and kind of specialize in their role without leaving their organization and seeking another employer. So do you have any recommendations for how to retain staff beyond a career ladder? And if an organization maybe doesn't have a huge budget for raises or educational resources, how can they ensure that staff feel valued and empower them to kind of grow within their roles? So it is really important that your team feels valued and that they feel respected. Uh, When team members are empowered to do their job well, I think that's when they feel the most appreciated. I also think building relationships is really important. And, you know, the goal is really to create a culture within that department where the team members are happy and where they feel engaged and they like the work they're doing and it sparks their curiosity. Uh, And so that could mean making sure that they have, you know, those tools that they need to flourish. Uh, You can start by asking your team members, you know, what do you need to be successful? Seeking that feedback on your communication as a leader is, is also really important. And then also on the flip side of that, providing a really constructive and supportive environment for that team member. Uh, It's important that that line of feedback goes both ways. Uh, Is the leader communicating well to the team member, their opportunities and on know, the other side of that, does that team member feel comfortable? Do they feel respected? And if they have concerns or desires that, you know, are they then able to express that to that leader? So I think, you know, retention can come down to culture. It can come down to communication. Uh, I also think work-life balance is extremely important and it has to be role modeled and it has to be encouraged. Flexible scheduling can also help with retention. So currently, you know, we're offering our team members either five, eight hour shifts or the ability to work for 10 hour shifts per week uh, to really encourage them to find out what works best to bring that work and life balance into their lives. And then I think providing education and resources, it doesn't have to be expensive, Uh, Homegrown CDI education can be just as good as something you buy. A lot of the coding software contains educational resources and webinars, and a lot of times those are included for free. A lot of the local ACTUS chapters also offer free education and CEUs. And I think just those small adjustments in productivity for team members so that they can educate themselves or participate in group education, that can also go a really long way. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's there's so many free opportunities out there. And part of your role as a CDI leader might be kind of bringing those free resources to your staff's attention, even if you don't have the budget to go out and buy some new educational resource. You know, you can still be telling them about the the local chapter meetings that are coming up, the Actus podcast episodes that are free. There, there's such a variety of free resources available, but sometimes it takes a little time to dig those up. <laughs> Time is a is a valuable commodity, which is um, 
that's the thing you're going to come up against, I think. So kind of shifting gears a little bit to another topic covered in the survey, more than half of the survey respondents reported that their CDI department does not require that staff hold specific CDI or coding-related credentials. So do you require that your staff hold one of these credentials? Why or why not? And related, does your organization offset the cost of maintaining those certifications at all? So for our team... You know, I spoke a little bit about how, you know, in the beginning we of CDI, we were really uh, establishing ourselves as, as a profession. And, you know, currently we still onboard mostly CDI specialists that do not have CDI education or background. You know, we give that to them. We provide that CDI education. We seek out candidates that have strong clinical backgrounds, and then we leverage that to ensure that, you know, they can be successful in CDI. So for us, it it may not make sense, right? For those departments that are hiring a lot of CDI specialists that do not have any uh, experience, it may, may not make sense to uh, require them to have any sort of certifications to begin with. But then later on, you know, really encouraging them to uh, you know, take the certification exams. So, you know, the certification that we look for the most is the CCDS certification. Again, not required, but once our CDI specialists reach that two years of experience, we really do encourage them to uh, seek that CCDS certification. And in terms of compensating them for that, you know, we do reimburse for the CCDS exam fee once they pass. And uh, we also provide all of our CDI specialists an annual membership to Actis so that they can obtain CEUs. And, um, you know, those CEUs are also available through our coding software vendors like Learning Center. And so I think uh, what I usually advise brand new team members is, you know, after you've been in CDI for about a year, year and a half, feels like you have a good foundation, start studying for the CCDS exam, Um, pick up a study guide and start reading through it. And it will help you to become even stronger as a CDI specialist. It will build that foundation. It will give you a broader perspective of what CDI is in the bigger context of of healthcare and your organization. You know, again, we don't necessarily require that CCDS certification, but again, really strongly encouraged. And our mid-level positions, our career ladder, it is further encouraged. So, you know, all of our CDI auditors have the CCDS certification. All of our leaders, you know, have the CCDS certification and our educators too. So I think especially as you know, a team member decides they want to move up within an organization, having those certifications can be really important and helpful. Absolutely. And I think um, your answer will give some folks a a little bit of hope. We hear from people at Actus uh, quite a lot saying, you know, I'm trying to get into CDI for the first time. I don't have the CCDS. I can't sit for it yet. And I'm, I feel like I'm just finding job descriptions that require it. So hopefully the survey data and your experience will give those folks a little bit of hope that there are positions out there um, 
it might take a little while, but you can certainly find something and maybe refer back to one of uh, Sydney's earlier answers about kind of making yourself stand out as a candidate <laughs> to help you help you land that role. <laughs> <laughs> so as we close out here, CDI week is just around the corner and it tends to be a time when many CDI leaders really are trying to show their appreciation for staff. So do you have any recommendations for those who are looking to show their staff at their organization their appreciation during CDI week this year? Yeah, there are so many different ways to show appreciation to your team members. And CDI week can especially be a fun time for celebrations and for gatherings Uh, We're having a lunch during CDI week to get together and celebrate the work that our team does. Uh, I think if if you can, as a leader, it can be really helpful to ask your team members, uh, what makes you feel appreciated? I kind of equate it to, um, I don't know if you're familiar with love languages, but it's kind of like appreciation language. What motivates them? What makes them feel appreciated? There are people that love public recognition, and there are other people that just shudder at the thought of being recognized in front of a group. So I think it's important to ask those questions when you're getting to know your team members and and find out what really makes them feel appreciated. And I think CDI Week is a great time to show appreciation. And I also think that that can be done in every single interaction you have with a team member. Uh, communication is crucial. And even just saying those words, you know, thank you in a really heartfelt way, you know, that can have a lot of intent and it can mean a lot to your team members. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a great place for us to end here. So thank you so much, Sydney. This has been a really fun conversation. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. I do want to remind everyone who's listening that as we discussed today, the 2023 CDI Week Industry Survey included questions around this topic. The full survey findings and an analysis report will be published on Sunday, September 17th to kick off our CDI Week celebrations. It'll be open and free to anyone to read, so you do not have to be an Actus member to access those Um, findings in that report. And as always, if you have any questions about this topic, you can feel free to email the Actus team at info at actus.org. I will also put that that email address in today's show notes, which are available on the show page at actus.org and in your podcast app of choice so that you can grab it from there. Now it's time for the Actus Update, a regular segment featuring the latest news on what's going on inside our association. So first things first, as I just mentioned while I was chatting with Sydney today, CDI Week is quite literally just around the corner. This year, the celebration takes place next week, September 18th through 22nd, and our theme is CDI Success Stories, Writing Your Next Chapter. The full industry survey results and analysis will be 
published to kick things off on Sunday, September 17th. And in addition to that professional development and staffing piece that I discussed with Sydney today, the survey also covered provider engagement, denials management, outpatient CDI, and workflow tools and technology. As usual, we'll also be publishing daily Q&As aligning with the CDI Week industry survey topics each day of the week. And our associate editor, Jess Flugel, will be leading a panel discussion focused on the survey's findings on Thursday, September 21st. All our CDI Week activities are completely free as always, so we hope that you will play along with us. And if you are planning your own celebrations at your organization as well, do make sure to check out the list of suggested activities from our Furthering Education Committee available on the website. And do stay tuned for even more fun, including special discounts next week. Secondly, as we discussed in our last Actus podcast episode, the newest edition of the CDI Journal is now available to members on the Actus website. This edition focused on CDI and denials, and it has a number of really excellent articles to help you on your denials management journey. Since Jess did cover the details of that edition on our last episode, I will spare you the details today, but I would encourage all of our members to go take a look and especially to take the associated quiz to get your free Actus CCDS CCDSO CEU. Also, if you are interested in writing for the journal, we are now calling for submissions for our November-December edition until Monday, October 2nd. This will be our final edition of 2023, which is absolutely crazy to think about, and it will focus on CDI and quality. If you are reviewing for quality concerns, you report to the quality department, or you collaborate closely cross-departmentally, we want to hear from you. You can send your ideas or your article drafts to our entire team at info at That is all the time we have today for updates, but as usual, you can find all the links to those updates I discussed in the show notes for today's episode. And as a reminder, before we do close out, each Actus podcast episode offers 0.5 Actus CEUs, which can be used toward recertifying your CCDS or your CCDSO credential for those who listen to the show in the first two days from the time of posting. To receive your 0.5 CEUs, go to the show page on actus.org by clicking on the Actus podcast link under the resources tab, and then clicking on today's episode from the list on that page. Then scroll down to the recording of today's episode and click play. At the end of that recording, like I'm talking about all the way at the end, when the timer gets all the way to zero, a link will appear. Simply click on that, take the survey, and your certificate will be automatically emailed to you when you submit that brief evaluation. I will mention we do recommend that you use a personal email address as opposed to a work email address if possible, because often organizational firewalls and spam filters catch that CEU email and prevent it from getting to you. So we do encourage you to use a personal email address if possible. The instructions to get your CEU are also laid out on that show page so you can just follow along right from there as well. The cutoff for today's episode CEU is Friday, September 15th at 11 p.m. Eastern. 
after that point, the CEU period will close and you will not be eligible for the 0.5 CEUs for this week's episode. With that, we have reached the end of today's Actus podcast episode. We will be back in two weeks on Wednesday, September 27th, with a new episode in our Talking CDI series, which is hosted by Actus Director of Programming, Rebecca Hendren. If you would like to receive reminders about each episode, make sure you're subscribed to our free weekly newsletter, CDI Strategies, which always includes a link to the new episode when it is available. You can listen to the show anytime on the Actus website or via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. All of the links we discussed during today's episode will be available in the show notes. And as always, we would really appreciate it if you would take a minute and leave us a five-star review on your podcast app of choice to help others find our show. Our intro and outro music is Media Noche by Dion Key, and our ad music is Take Me Higher by Jazzar, both obtained from the free music archive. If you have any suggestions for future guests or topics, please feel free to email us at info at And until next time, take care, everyone.